Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we magnify and we glorify your precious name on today. We give you honor, glory, and we just thank you, Lord, for you are the King of kings. For you, the Lord of lords. For you, the keeper and the love of our soul, Lord God. We thank you right now, Lord God, that you chose us, Lord God. Because there was no way that we would have ever chosen you, Lord God, without you drawing us, without you revealing yourself. And for that, we cannot take for granted, Lord God. We, we need to know that in the depths of our, our heart and our souls, Lord God, that we may be thankful, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. So today, Lord God, break the bread of life with us. Speak to our hearts, Lord God. I pray that every heart is open right now, Lord God. Let us cast or lay aside right now in the name of Jesus every weight, every thought that is not like you, Lord God. Everything that would be a distraction to us, do you speak into our hearts right now? Let it be laid aside, Lord God, that we may hear from you, Lord God. That as you speak your word, Lord God, that it will become very clear in our hearts, Lord God, and in our soul. That we receive it as the unadulterated truth, Lord God. That it may change us, Lord God. That it may rearrange us, Lord God. That we may never be the same from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, all that's in agreement, say amen. Amen. Glory be to God. If you will, turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Somebody knows that that is the fifth book of the Bible. So you can start from the beginning and you'll find it much faster. Deuteronomy chapter 1. And God wants to speak a message of encouragement to us today and if we have to title this message I think it would go something to the effect of God has given you the land God has given you the land God has given you the land and here today, there ain't just a text verse that we're going to look at in particular, but we want to look at the whole chapter of Deuteronomy chapter 1. And I want to charge each and every one of you today. Not only do you hear what thus says the Lord right here and right now, but I want to charge each and every one of you. This will do you well in your walk right now. And especially in the times that we are in, I want to charge each and every one of you to go back sometime, and I ain't talking about sometime in the next year, but sometime in the next couple of days, and spend some time for reading Deuteronomy chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all the way at least to 7. And do it all together. Don't read one chapter today and one tomorrow, but take some time to read chapters 1 through 7 at least all in one sitting. It'll take you maybe 30 minutes to do that in there, but it'll bless your soul. And, it'll, and so God just wants to speak a, a foundational truth to us to lay that foundation. So what God is speaking right now or what he's going to share with us, if you don't go back and, and, and read these chapters, man, you're going to cut yourself short, okay? Because I can't spend seven chapters in front of you right now. But glory be to God that and through your obedience that he'll minister all of it to us. 
So starting um, in verse 5, and we'll be going back and forth. Actually, let's just start in verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1. So God, this ain't, we, God ain't going to preach to us today. He's going to speak a word of encouragement. So we're going to use the word and we're going to read some of the word today. Is that all right? Amen. This is the, here is Moses. And he's dealing with the children of Israel. And I want to just kind of set the, the picture here so, for our understanding. Here what we're about to, to, to read here and, and, and to go over. This is Moses and what Moses is doing here in Deuteronomy chapter 1 is going to sound very familiar to each and every one of us. And the reason why it's going to sound familiar is because this, what he's ministering to them and what he's about to say to them has already happened. Okay. Glory be to God. And, 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 and it'll remind you of numbers and, and, and the exodus because this which uh, he is going over with them has already happened. They, they've already experienced it. Uh, but now we find in Deuteronomy chapter 1, they've come to this place in the desert, in the wilderness, and he's reminding them, come on somebody, he is reminding them quite just like God does us of what has already happened, what they've already been through, what, the, what is already known to them. But he's, remember, he's bringing it back to their memories. Glory be to God. And so it starts by in verse 1, and we're going to be skipping around, but in verse 1, just to set the tone, it says, These are the words which Moses spoke to all of Israel on this side of the Jordan, in the river, uh, excuse me, on this side of the Jordan, in the wilderness, in the plains that was opposite Suf, between Barak, Tufal, Laban, Azareth, and uh, desire, desire. Verse 2, it says, now here we go. It is, this is Moses, and he begins to tell them, it is an 11-day journey for, from Harah by way of Mount Sir to Kadesh Barnea. Now, it came to pass in the 40th year this is Moses speaking to them and he's telling them this is an 11-day journey from this place to this place. But here it is that in the 40th year, my friend, in the 11th month, and on the first day of the month that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that God had given them, all that God had given him as a commandment to them after he had killed Sihar, king of the Amorites, who dealt in Hasbon, and Og, king of Bashan, who dwelled in Ashtoreth, in Idrae. So here again, remember this. So this part, if we was reading in Numbers or Exodus, then we would be reading what they've been experienced. Here we are reading Moses reminding them of what they've experienced. On, in verse 5 it says, On this side of Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain the law, saying, verse 6, The Lord our God spoke to us in Haran, or, or Harab, excuse me, saying, You should dwell 
excuse me, you have dwelled long enough at this mountain. Moses is reminding them of what has happened in, 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 one, in one of the most important things or the first thing that happened was that on this 40-year, 11-day journey that took them 40 years just about that God had told them, it came a day in that 40th year after they had been wandering in the wilderness that it came a day that the Lord God spoke and he said to them, you have dwelled in this place or in this mountain long enough. He says in verse 7, he says, turn and take your journey and go to, uh, to the mountain of the Amorites to all the neighborhood places in the plains, in the mountains and in the lowlands, in the south and in the sea, uh, sea coast to the land of Canaan and into the, uh, to Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. In verse 8 he says see I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to give it to them and their descendants. And the question is, is that, do you understand that God has given you the land? God has given you the land. And I'm just using this as an analogy because there's many of us that God is saying, you have dwelt in this place long enough. That you have dwelt in this place long enough. There's some of us in, in our lives that we have been in, in a stalemate for so long. And God has already given us the land. And today he's saying, I need you to go and possess the land, my friend. Will you go and possess the land today? Somebody know what I'm talking about. And it may be, matter of fact, I ain't going to say some of us, but I'll say all of us. Let me make it very plain and very clear because God is calling us to the next level. We've been at this level too long. And I don't care if you just got at this level yesterday. That means you was at the level before too long. You should have been past this level. Glory be to God. God is saying, I've, I've given you the land. And he's going to use the children of Israel today as an example. Because we know that Jesus Christ, come on somebody, has finished the work that God has required of him to do for us in this day, in this time talking about in our dispensation of time because what we see here in Deuteronomy is that God had a plan for the children of Israel my friends and that plan that he was working either way back then was to bring forth the Messiah and we live in a time that, that we so we, many of us can understand and we can look back through this and you're going to see some of the crazy things that, that, that these people went through when I say crazy things I'm talking about the crazy things not crazy things that God put them through but crazy things that they went through and like taking 40 years to go on an 11-day journey, my friend, in there. And, when, and then look at this, and we can see very clearly, like, man, yo, that don't make sense. And even as we go through this and we begin to look at some of the choices they made, then you're going you're gonna to look at it and like, I don't get it. But what God is saying is what he wants us to be able to see, how it's very clear that we can see where they went to the left. It's very clear for us to be able to see where they went to the right. It's very clear for us to be able to, to, not, to look and say, well, I don't even understand. How could they even make a decision like that? But God is using that same example for you and me today. 
Because as Jesus has finished the work, yes, we live on the other side of the covenant. Glory be to God. We live on this side, and this side, yes, having they lived on the, the side of Jesus coming, the Messiah. We living on the side of the Messiah having came. Glory be to God. Having showed himself, the works of the Almighty God has already been displayed. And because we live on this side, then actually, you know, when we begin to look back at this, and, and we can see very clearly how they took turned to the left and they went to the right. They made all the wrong decisions. But as we look at our own life, God says, I need you to look at this and see this. Use this as a picture. Because as Jesus has already finished the work, we should not even be making the choices that they made to go to the left, to go to the right. You know, we, we, it should not be God is saying. So again, in verse 8, as this here again, remember what we're talking about. We are talking about Moses reminding them. So he's recalling to them what has happened uh, in there. And it says, see, I have set the land before you. This is God. And he says, go and possess the land which the Lord God has sworn to our fathers. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This was a covenant and a promise that God had made with Abraham some time ago. And God is faithful that he is not going to go back on his promises. But let's see how the nation of Israel, as we walk back and, and look back on remembrance of this, of how they challenged him. I'm talking about God, that is. In verse 9, let's walk through this very clearly. It says, uh, verse 9, and see, and, and now uh, Moses is getting ready to share with them something that was personal from 9 to verse 18 is, is what he had to deal with dealing with the people he says and I spoke to you at this time verse 9 saying I am excuse I alone am not able to bear you the Lord God has multiplied you because they were many by this time and he says and, and here you are today as the stars of heaven Glory God and, and multiply and multiple uh, excuse me as the stars in heaven in multitude. May the Lord your God, the Father, make you a thousand times more numerous than you are now, even, and bless you as He has promised you. How can I alone bear your problems, your burdens, your complaints? Choose wise, and this is Moses, this is going to sound familiar. Choose wise, understanding and knowledgeable men from amongst your tribes, and I will make them head over you. And you will answer, excuse me, and you answered me. I'm going to stop there just for a second. See, this sounds very familiar because if we, if we remember uh, after the day of Pentecost when the church first started, yeah, and there, be, there arose some complaints in the, in the body of Christ, in the church from the very beginning. I'm talking about after Jesus now. I'm talking about our time now. I'm talking about some 2,000 years ago when, when Jesus died, was buried, was resurrected. And the church began after the day of Pentecost. There arose a, a, a complaint that the elderly and the Hellenists were not being treated or, or being fed fairly and, and, and all of these things. This was after the church had came together and they had put themselves to uh, all things. They had all things in common is what the Bible says. 
Meaning they had put all this stuff together and they was to take care of one another. Isn't it? And if you remember, this is where what we refer to in the church today, deacons. This is where deacons was born at. Because uh, in that, the apostles told them, they said, you, you, you choose. Y'all bringing all of these complaints to me or to us, but I need you to go and choose seven men that is faithful, that is wise, that is, you know, that's full of the Holy Spirit from amongst you. And then let us appoint them to, to, to this task. So why? So we can continue to be in prayer and fasting in the word of the Lord. Glory be to God. Sounds familiar. Moses was saying the thing. Moses had a bigger job than that because while that was a small number, Moses now by this time, from a theological standpoint, they talk about it's probably about almost over two million people. And can you imagine that him having to deal with all of these things? So he says, choose from amongst you. You choose. From amongst you. So, but, but the key here is that he didn't say just choose who you like. Or just choose anybody. He says choose the wise. Amen. See he didn't want to have to choose. But he wanted them to choose. Because in, his, in them choosing. The wise. The knowledgeable. Amen. And not just knowledgeable in word. Because what he was talking about. Was the same thing that, that they told. When the deacons were chosen. Those that was of good reputation. Those that you would respect. In your communities. Those that were faithful. Before you see. Yo, this ain't no vote. This is about you seeking. Because when they were only going to choose those that they knew that was faithful. See, if Moses had chosen, then that person, Moses might have thought he was faithful. But he see, he let the tribe choose. Because in them choosing, they would choose who was faithful. And not only choose who was faithful, they would choose that one that they would honor. Glory be to God. In there. And so this is very important because as they, you know, as they went along the journey, they, when Moses, when they heard what Moses said, look at verse 14, and it says, and you answered me and said, the thing which you have told us is good. They like the idea that, you know, Moses, you don't choose, let us choose. Hallelujah. <laughs> he says in verse 14, uh, 15, so he says, I took the head of your tribes wise and knowledgeable men and made them head over you leaders of thousands then he put some leaders of a hundred leaders of fifty leaders of ten and officers of your tribe then I commanded your judges at that time saying here are the cases between the brethren see what this is all about is that they was having the same thing that we see today they was having arguments there was lawsuits there was disagreements and this is where Moses made them uh, or, or seen fit that, that they have to have somebody that, that could be leaders of the tribes because he couldn't hear all of these different things you know, on their journey in there. And so what, he's, what he goes on to say in verse again, verse 16, he says, Then I commanded your judges at that time saying, Hear the cases between your brothers and judge rightly between a man and his brother." or the stranger who is with him. You shall not show partiality in your judgment. You shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid in any man's presence. So don't be influenced by who, the big dog or the little dog. 
For the judgment of God, excuse me, for the judgments is God. And I just got to stop right there just for a second because what he was telling them is the man that you've chosen that is knowledgeable and, and wise. Then he took them and he imparted to them that I mean, you, you got to do this right. You got to do it from, you know, with the spirit of God in there because it ain't going to be your judgment. It's going to be his. And a wise man is going to listen unto what God is saying more than what he feels. He's not going to be influenced by the peers, his friends, his buddies, or, or somebody that, uh, you know, they're supposed to be some big bad guy or whatever. He encouraged them to judge and judge rightly in there. And he says, because the truth of the matter that what falls on you is that this judgment is God's judgment. And you can count on that if you are doing what God is saying doing. If you are, you know, if you free yourself from the, the ways of the world and, the, and all of these different things and continue just to hear and be directed by God, then the judgment is God's anyway. He says, the case that is too, is too hard for you, bring it to me and I will hear it. And, and, and I command you at this time all the things which you should do. Glory be to God. Verse 19. It says, so we departed. From Harab and went through all the great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountain. He reminded them this is what happened of the Amorites. As the Lord our God has commanded us, then we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said to you, You have come to the mountain of Amorites, of the Amorites, which the Lord God the Lord our God gives is giving us he says look the Lord your God has set the land again before you go up and possess the land as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you do not fear or be discouraged and every one of you came near to me and said listen to what he's telling me this is y'all came near me then and said, let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and bring back word to us of the way which we should uh, go up and of the city into which we shall come. And then verse 23, it says, then the plan pleased me. Uh, Moses said, OK, I was cool with that. So I took 12 of your men, one from each tribe. And they departed and they went up into the mountains and they came to the valley of Eschol and they spied it out and they also took some of the fruit of the land and in their hands and brought it down to us and they brought it back, excuse me, and they brought back word to us saying, it is a good land which the Lord God is giving us. Nevertheless, you would not go, excuse me, nevertheless, you would not go up. This was Moses telling them. But rebelled against the command of the Lord. But rebelled against the command of the Lord. And then in verse 27 it says, and you complained. 
You rebelled against the command of the Lord. And you complained in your tents, in your house. And you said, because the Lord, excuse me, I'm going to stop right there. See, the Lord is speaking to us this morning. He wants to give us a, a word of encouragement to go and possess the land. But just like we see here for the, the nation, the children of Israel, when God, it, not only did he show them, and he was so patient with them. He, he let them even do it their way. Oh, we don't, we want to, it wasn't good enough for what the, the God said. It, they they want to test what God said. But we, so we're going to send up some men. Moses said, okay, I'm, all, I, I'm cool with that. In there. And they bring back the report that the land is what? That it's a good land. And we know the story that out of the 10, uh, out of the 12, that only Caleb and, and, and Joshua came back with the report that saying, you know, beyond the land being good and, and, it's being, and it's filled with milk and honey, but we can take this land. Glory be to God. Just as the Lord our God has said. And we know the other 10 came back and, and they said, yes, the land is good. Look for all of this stuff that we didn't brought back, but. But there's giants in that land. Them people are bigger than us. And it left, what, what did it leave the children of Israel? It left them at a place of rebellion. Instead of going to take the land, they rebelled against take uh, what God has said. And not only did they rebel, they complained in their own houses. They complained in their own houses. And the charge today, my friend, is that and God is saying to each and every one of us, you know, when I tell you that it's time to possess the land, that I don't need you to rebel against what I'm saying first and foremost. And I certainly don't need you to complain. Because some of us today is complaining in our houses. You know, some of us, you know, after the women's meeting or after the men's meeting, some of us is complaining in our houses. And my friend, God hears you. After church service on Sunday, some of us is making up excuses why we can't take the land. When the word of God is, uh, why we can't take the land. And what's taking the land? The, the, what's taking the land is that God, we sung the song. That, that you give him your whole heart. Some of us, we, we want to stay uh, linked to the world and we want to struggle with our struggles. God is saying that, no, I've already given you the land, my friend. And today is the day that you understand that I've given you the land. And quit making up excuses. Because all you're doing is rebelling against what I said. And the fact of the matter is, God, did, he, did, did you hear what he said? He says that I have given you the land. My son, Jesus, has already paid the price. I have paid the way. I've opened the door. The path is clear for you to live and give your life and follow me. And see, some of us, we want to just be believers. And God is saying, no, I've given you the land. It ain't no more time. It's time out for just being a believer. I need you to follow me. I need you to follow me. And so, yes, this is a, yeah, yeah. And I don't have no problem standing in front of you because I have to stand in front of the mirror this morning myself. And God is saying, Pastor John, I've given you the land. I don't need you to be struggling with this, that, or whatever. I need you to move in the place that I've moved you to. And that means that I need you to rid hatred out of your heart. Rid uh, self 
countenance out of your heart, my friend. This ain't just about uh, you know, smoking and drinking and all of the outward things. God says, I need to see some heart changes, glory be to God. Because I've given you the land. And, and just like the children of Israel, we're going to see this now. They used as an excuse what they felt. Not listening to what God has said. And that's the very thing that some of us are doing today. That we are doing today. We use it as an excuse. What we feel. To not succumb to what God has said. And God has said, no, it's time out for all of that. So I, you know, I need you to, 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 to humble yourself, God has said. And to hear what I'm saying. And not uh, make the judgment of what I said, whether you can do it or not, based on what you feel. No, but make the judgment, lose the pride and make the judgment of what I said based off of the fact that I said it because I am God. So he needs us to start believing him. And more than just for salvation, but he needs us to believe him now that we have salvation for us to be able to walk out the plan that he has for your life. Your life is not your own. It's to him that we belong. We sing the song. And I see some of us, we sing it and, and we worship in God. My life is not my own. To you, I belong. I give myself away. God said, just like the children of Israel, I don't need you to give me what you want to give me. I need you to give me what I'm asking for, God said. And it's time for us to move past offering God what we want to give Him. Because we are children of the Most High God. No, He said, because you are a child of the Most High God, I need you to give me what I want. And it's the same thing that He's telling the children of Israel. So let's look at verse 26 again, and we're going to move into 27. Look at what happened. Deuteronomy chapter 1. We're moving into verse 26 yeah. and 27. So Moses is reminding them again, nevertheless, uh, you would not go up. You ask me to send somebody to give a report. They come back and say the land is good that God has given us. But nevertheless, you won't go up. And look what they did. They, they heard what God said. And they use their, their, what, the way they feel as an excuse. In verse 27, they says this, and you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us. He has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Is that what God said? How did they get that out of what God said? That's the question that God is asking us. How did you get that out of what I said? I already told you to fear not and be not disturbed. <laughs> so how did you get that? You know what I'm talking about. Not what I'm talking about. You know what God is talking about for each and every one of us. God is saying right now, how did you get that out of what I said? See, we can remember what I said earlier. We can see now. How, we can clearly see. Man, these people must be crazy. How did they get that out of what God has said? They got what, what they said. Because God hates us. He has brought us out of the land of Egypt. Do you know what Egypt was? They was in bondage. They were slaves in Egypt. 
for over 400 years. And God has brought them out. But then now they get to this place where he's telling them, go to the land. I, said, I, I even let your boys bring down some, some big old fat grapes, some uh, big old buckets of honey, some you know, the milk overflowing. This is your land. But what they're going to see is that God, is, like as though God is setting them up. But the crazy part about it is, if, uh, I guess we'll get to that right now. The crazy part about it is, here again, remember, this is Moses reminding them. But then the thing about it is, they had already seen, even before they left on the 11th day journey, they, remember they was at the mountain. It, it was on fire. And that the, the, the Lord himself spoke to them at the mountain. See, because it wasn't good enough for him to just speak to Moses. Moses brought the children of Israel to the mountain. So y'all hear what God is saying. Because y'all ain't listening to what I'm saying. That God said. So he allowed them to be a witness. There were so many signs and wonders that God had already did with the children of Israel. So how is it that you can come up with this? And my question to you today, my friend, is how many signs and wonders have God done in your own life? That whereas God is now saying, I need you to possess the land, how is it that you can uh, come up with this? As though God is trying to destroy you. Because, yeah, yeah, because when you ask Him for that peace we talked about, that yes, the peace that He's given you, it, 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 it requires a process. So when I ask God for the peace that He gave me, I'm talking about the peace that will last me to eternity. Because it was a process, because it didn't look like what I asked. Then God is trying to destroy me. He wants me to work too hard. He know I can't do this. Where did all this come from? Don't you remember when he brought you out? Don't you remember when he saved you? Don't you remember when you was torn from the floor? And there was no hope for you. Don't you remember when your heart was so broken that you didn't know what to do? Who do you think brought you out, my friend? As a matter of fact, at that time, you knew it was him. You were saying, thank you, Lord. But how easily do we seem to forget? Thank you, Lord. Are we any different than the children? The, uh, the children of Israel is my question. We want to claim God. And God is saying this time out, my friend, I'm telling you that now it, it ain't well in his soul. And in nor should it be well in your soul for us to continue to use excuses of us following him. No. He said, no, no, today is the day, my friend, that you give it all up to me. Not just say the words, but that I need it all. Because I've already shown myself to be faithful. It's only fear and the trick of the enemy and it's only your pride operating yourself in a way that you can't even understand that will even make you begin to think that I'm against you. Wow. Amen. And not recognize that, that which I'm giving you is not just the, the fish that you're asking for because you're hungry today, but I'm trying to teach you how to fish so you can eat for a lifetime. No, it didn't come in the way that you expected it, but it's coming. I'm giving you more than you asked for, my friend. Glory be to God. Look in verse 28. Wow. He says, where can we go up 
He says, our brothers have discouraged. Let me back up verse 27, because look what happened. See, they use their own feelings as an excuse. He says, and they, and you prompt, excuse me, and you complained in the tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites and to destroy us. He says, where can we go up? Our brothers have discouraged our hearts, saying the people are greater and taller than we. See, here's the key. The very thing that they asked for to go and scout off the land. And when the report comes back that the land is good that God has given us. But we don't forget the, the big thing that they said that the land is good that God has given us. We don't replete, believe the report of man more than the report of God. So the report of man says that, oh, they, yo, this land is good as God said it is. But the thing about it, there's some big old people in that land. There's more, there's more of them than it is us. And we tend to believe the most negative report. And then guess what we'll do? We do just like they did. We allow it to discourage. Somebody say discourage. Discourage, discourage our hearts. Not just discourage our minds. See, because we can fight against the mind. Just like, you know, that's why I'm saying you know, when a person makes something in their mind, that can change. Because I made up my mind today, but you came and told me something that uh, sounded even better, so I changed my mind. But when one makes it up in their heart, when you make up something in your heart, Ain't nobody going to change that. It's, that's not easily changed. They discourage the heart. They was discouraged in the heart. And God is saying, I don't need you to believe the negative report. Or believe what, what your brother said. You know, and, and, that, and your brother will say it. Your friend will say it. Oh, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? The very thing that you know God says, hey, go, go and possess your land. You can do this. Because I am with you. That I'm going to fight the battle. I'm going to do this. And we know in that moment that God said it and boy, we ready and fired up and then here come my friend. Or our brother. Saying you can't do that. What do you think you're doing? And we'll immediately get discouraged in our hearts, my friend. But God says, not so. He says, the people are greater and taller than, uh, than we. The cities are greater, are great and fortified up to the heavens. <laughs> Moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakim, which was these giants there. They knew Anakim. And the people of Anakim, there were some big old people. In verse 29, it says, and then I said to you, and then I said to you, this is Moses said, do not be terrified or afraid of them. Why? The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he, come on somebody say he, he did it for you in Egypt before your eyes. You've seen this Lord. He says, and in the wilderness where you uh, saw how the Lord God carried you. Yes. He carried you as a man carrying his son. Come on, stand up, Doug. Stand up, Doug. Are you carrying my You carry his son. And God will carry you just like a man carries his son. You can sit down, my friend. Yes. 
You say, God is carrying us like that. In all the ways that you went until you came to this very place, they had seen, they had known, they knew God had carried them. Yet, for all that, you did not believe the Lord your God. Who went in the way before you to search out a place. He went in the way. God had already went in the way and searched out a place. For you. That you may pinch your tents. To show you the way that you should go. He did it in the wilderness by fire by night. And cloud by day. Come on somebody. Fire by night and cloud by day. They had seen the miraculous hand of God. The how he had brought them through. Even in their disobedience then. And we're going to come to an end here real quick. Check this out. Verse 34. Let us move forward. He says, And the Lord heard the sound of your words. See, the Lord hears you. The Lord hears you complaining in your house. The Lord hears the sidebar conversations with the one that you think that will come in agreement with you. The Lord hears. The Lord hears. You better be careful, my friends. Excuse me. We better be careful, my friends. Because God hears all of this. And not only do we hear, he knows the motivation of your heart more than you do. Exactly. We ought to be careful. In there. And look what happened. He says, and the Lord heard the, uh, the sound of the words. And he was angry. And he took an oath saying, surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good of the land. Which I swore to give to your fathers except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it. And to him and his children I will give the land in which he walked. Because he wholly followed, somebody say followed, the Lord. The Lord. And we live in a time now Jesus has already finished the work. And we owe God. And when I say, oh God, I ain't talking about owe them as though we can pay them. It's the least that you can do. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that uh, you know, it's, it's the, the minimum you can do is to be the living sacrifice, meaning to give your life holy. Somebody spell that W-H-O-L-L-Y, just like Caleb, holy over to the Lord for the work of the kingdom and not try to uh, 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 take on God, take God holy. For yourself that he may do the work of your kingdom. See when I say it like that, that sounds foolish. But let, let me say it just as simple as this. When we petitioning God, when we ain't even doing the best that we can, or we'll call it that. But we have in every expectation of God, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And then have the audacity when he don't do it the way we think he should do it. Call ourselves mad at God. Are you crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who 
See, that just tells me that we, you need a deeper uh, uh, understanding. You need uh, a just to know him moment. Just to know him. Just to know him. You need to know him. That's the problem. And so that's what God is wanting to, yeah, so that's what God is going to speak to our hearts. And this is what he's going to teach us. This is what he's teaching us how to die to pride on Thursday. So if you want to know him, then you need to show up on Thursday nights, my friend. With some faithfulness. Because that's the only way that you're going to really get to know him. That's the only way that you're going to truly get to know him where we can sit down and be able to share the word where you can ask some questions, where you can get some understanding. And the understanding don't come from me. It comes from the revelation of God. Isn't it? Quite often, uh, you know, what I say can't even... uh, He'll use Josh to say it in another way. He'll use somebody else to say it in a way that relates to what you, that you, now I get it. I heard the pastor that he just said that a thousand times, but I don't know what that means. But then you hear somebody else say it and bam, oh, oh, that's what he's talking about. No, that's what he's talking about. Glory be to God. But it takes faithfulness, my friend, and that's what God is, 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 so no, what he needs from us is a choice to be faithful. That's what he needs. And just like he needed from them, he didn't need them to go and uh, like they could beat up somebody or, or war against somebody and take the land. He had already said that in Moses. Right. He just needed somebody that was willing to be faithful to go when he said go. That's all he needed. And the question today is, will you take or will you possess the land? He's giving you the land to possess. Will you possess the land today? So not only Caleb, in verse uh, 37 it says, The Lord was also angry with me, Moses said, for your sake. Saying, and this is what he said to Moses, Even you, Moses, shall not go in there. You ain't going. You ain't going, Moses. Did you know that? Not only the people, but Moses too. And the reason why Moses, because he was disobedient just like they were. Yeah. God told him to strike the rock once. I mean, what do you have to eat? He struck it twice. And, you know, he was disobedient. Because he, why? How did, did uh, Moses was a man? He did what God told him to do. Yeah, but his disobedience came. And guess where it came out of? The same thing that we're talking about here. That his flesh. Yes. That his feelings. Because he got, got mad and angry at the people because they kept hounding them. We need water. We need water. We need this. We need that. And, and, and so when God, what God told him to do, he forgot about what God told him to do. Because of his own feelings. He was so mad. That when he struck the rock the first time and it didn't go like he thought it should go. Then he's going to do it again. We have to be careful of our flesh, my friends. Yes, and that's why it's huge in what God is trying to teach us how to live by the Spirit. Amen. How to walk yes. in the Spirit. Just as Galatians, the book of Galatians talks about it. If, you, if we live in the Spirit, then we ought to walk in the Spirit. Yes. It ain't good enough just for us to take a residence and, and, and call it our residence that we live in the Spirit. Then guess what? If you live, if, if, when you 
You gotta, it's got to come with you. This is how we got to walk, my friends. This is the reason why the Bible says in Acts that we live, move, and have our being. That he lives, moves, and has his being in us. He's talking about the spirit of the living God, my friend. That we, you ain't in control of your life. You got to surrender control to follow him, that is. And as long as it's you holding on to control, then guess what? You're going to have a hard time following him. You're going to have a very hard time following him. So even Moses himself did not get the opportunity to go. And he's reminding the people he hurt to the utmost. Moses has spent the majority of his life doing all of this stuff that God had told him to do in order to bring the children out of Egypt and to lead them to the promised land. And, that was, and to do all of that and to get to the door of the promised land and not be able to enter, my friend, is not a good thing. It was a hurtful thing. And even then, look, Moses, <coughs> it wasn't well in his soul because he pleaded with God. Please let me in. And God had to say no. Again, check it out. Verse uh, 37 again says, The Lord was also angry with me for your sake, saying, Even you should not go into go in there. Verse 38, it says, Joshua, though, however, this was the other one that came back with a good report. They said, yeah, they big over there, but guess what? They ain't bigger than our God. Our God has said it. We can do it. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stood before, uh, who stood before you, he shall go in, encourage him, is what Moses was to do, for he shall cause Israel to inherit the land. Meaning that he, God used Joshua to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. After Moses had spent all of his life bringing them to the line, the gate. But you ain't crossing over. Step back, Moses. Put, and not only step back, but I need you to encourage the next leader, my friend. Hallelujah. Yes. I need you to encourage him. I need you to encourage him mean to, to, to impart to him. To give to him, to, to let him know it's all right, and to tell him all of what it's going to take and what he needs to do. For he shall cause the Israel to enter or inherit. Verse 39, it says, More your little ones and your children, who you say will be victims. See, who today have no knowledge of good and evil, they shall go in. Let me explain to you what is being said here. See, this generation, and if you read on, that's why I want you to read through the rest of it. Because as you read on, then what you will see is that this generation was forbidden to go in the land. As a matter of fact, God waited till every one of them passed away. They all died. And then, and then he allowed the children to cross over into the land. Well, none of them from that generation, but, uh, but even in, in their thoughts, as they said, oh, you brought us out of Egypt to, to destroy us, you know, in there and all of these things that they had even cursed their own or spoke of their own uh, children, the little children, that, uh, that they would be victims of the same thing. But God says, not so. It's not your children. It's you 
that ain't going in. So God says no, because the, the children, they have no knowledge of this foolishness, good or evil, or how you've been operating. So I ain't holding it against them. Matter of fact, I'm preserving it for them. Glory be to God. So it behooves us, my friend, to, to uh, do just what God says. For us to, to be obedient in the things that God is charging us with. It, it, it does us well to die to ourselves and allow the spirit of the living God to be the director of our lives. So it don't matter what has happened in your life. It don't matter what somebody said. It don't matter how many lies they told on you. It don't matter how many times they cheated you out of this or out of that. God is talking about your response to all of that. Are you going to let me handle that or are you going to do it? See, because this is where the rubber meets the road. And we can say all of these things in the sanctuary. But when they, they lie to you in your face. Yeah, yeah. And you know when they lie. And not only lie to you, that's one thing. But when they lie on you. Yeah. In your face. What are you going to do then? Are you going to die to your flesh or are you going to let God deal with it? Because just as he had told the children of Israel, I'm telling you to go into the land and possess it because I am going to go before you. I am going to be with you. I'm going to be the one that's fighting the fight. So the question is, is are we going to allow God to fight the fight? See, we don't like the way God fights. Man, it took me a long time to, to even begin to succumb to how God fights, especially when it became when it was between me and my wife. See, she she say something to me and make me mad. No, I don't want you to fight the fight, God, because what you're gonna do is you're gonna go over there and give her a hug. I don't want to give her no hug right now. You're gonna go over there and encourage her to tell her, no, no, baby, you shouldn't have said that, but it's gonna be all right. No, I don't want to hear that. See. See, we don't want to trust God to do it. See, because God's way, remember what he said earlier, the way that I'm going to do it is going to be everlasting. It's going to lead to eternal. It's going to be, it ain't going to be good just for today. It's going to be, a, it's a sustainer, glory be to God. But, it, but, but my friends, no, it ain't one that, that uh, aligns with your flesh. It ain't one that feels good to your flesh. See, it, it, it's going to take us to, to really understand and surrender to what the word of God when it says that my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. We're going to really have to know that God's way is better than my way. It is the way. It's the only way. It's the truth. It's the life. And here you are. In verse 40 it says, but as for you, turn and take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the sea. See, this is crazy. Not only were they rebellious when God told them to go and take the land and they complained about it. Let's look at verse 39 to the end of the chapter and we're going to close right here. Look, the rebellion still haven't stopped. It says more, verse 39 again, more of your little children, excuse me, the little ones, your children, who you say will be victims, who today have no knowledge of good and evil, they shall go in there. To them I will give it, and they shall possess it. Hallelujah. But as for you, turn 
and take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And then you said, you answered and said to me, the people answered and said to Moses, we have sinned against the Lord. Wow. Really? They finally come to a place in understanding we sinned against the Lord. And then, then guess what they say? Okay, we will go up and fight. Just as the Lord our God commanded us. Now they're ready to go, right? <laughs> and when every one of you had girded his weapons for war, you were ready to go up into the mountains. You ready to go fight. In verse 42, and it says, And the Lord said to me, Tell them, do not go up there, nor fight, for I am not among you. Least you be defeated before your enemies. So I spoke, so I spoke to you, yet you would not listen, but rebelled against the command of the Lord. And presumptuously uh, went up there into the mountains, and the Amorites who dwelled in the mountains came out against you and chased you as bees do, and drove you back from Sur to Haran. Then you return weak. Uh, then you return and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not listen to your voice nor give you an ear. Not only were they rebellious when God said go up. But then when they come to the realization that they messed up. And they say oh no we're going to make it right. We're gonna, they, they, they rebuild when God said go up. They realize that they messed up. Then now they're going to fix it up. And God says no don't go up. Because I ain't going with you. Now I told you when, when, when to go up when I was going to be with you. And do you think that, hello? Well, we didn't listen to you the first time. And you're telling us not to go up because you ain't going with us. You would think that you would listen now. No, they have to go up and get their hand handed to them. The nicest way I can say that. My friends, do you see the picture? This is a reflection of us. Even to today. Do we rebel or, or be disobedient to what God is saying when he says I want you to do this? Then when you realize that you messed up and you should have done it, then you, then, then, then you can't even hear him when he says no, don't do it now. And then when it don't go right, then you're blaming God. But you see, and the thing about it is we never considered that the second part of it that, well, I know that he told me to go and I didn't. I didn't hear him when he, uh, we never even considered to, to come back to him to ask him, Lord, is it all right to go now? I know I messed up. And then when it don't go right, then we blame it on God. Today, my friends, God has opened the door and he said, Today is the day for you to possess the land. 
Today is the day for you to possess the land. Today is the day for you to surrender your all to him. Don't go come back next week talking about, oh, I'm ready to do it now. And, 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 and then when it don't go right, because you was doing it on your own, then you're going to say God failed you. No, today is the day. And the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. The question is, is today the day that you're willing to surrender to what God is saying? Today is that day. And God says that just like the children is, I'm going to do this. All I need you to do is make the decision, yo, so you don't have to struggle, yo, because the enemy right now, he's going to speak to you to, to discourage you. You can't do that. You know that you're going to be struggling with this. You already know that you're still dibbling and dabbling in that. You know that you still got a desire. You know you ain't finished with that. He's speaking it right now. Even if somebody by the Spirit is being content, is contemplating, yeah, I need to surrender all. But God says, uh, don't listen to that voice. Because today is the day I'm going to do it. So when he tells you that you can't do it, then you tell him, right, I know I can't do it. That's why I'm going to let God do it. Come on, somebody. You say, uh, don't say I can do it. You say, say the Lord can do you, Satan. He loves it when you say, I, I rebuke you. Because he say, who is you? Paul, I know. Peter, I know. The Spirit of God, I know. But who is you? So the Lord is who we got to be used as our rebuker, my friend. Today is your day. And as the Spirit of the living God is speaking to your heart right now, I ain't talking about in the words that you hear me saying, but I'm talking about those words that the Spirit is, is knocking on the door of your heart. Don't let this moment pass you by because this is the moment that God has called you to. That he says that I'm going to do it for you. I just need you to make the decision and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it. He knew who the children of Israel was. And as you continue to reach, you'll realize that he chose them not because they was good. Or not because they was mighty. And not because they were many. He chose them because it was his choice. Just as today he's choosing you. So don't think be uh, that uh, see when he says he's gonna do it, when you fall down after after today, then guess what? You ain't gonna have the same mentality. You don't know that you can get back up because he's doing it. See, when you're doing it and you fall down, you're too discouraged. Because the Satan's gonna immediately remind you, you can't do it. God is saying today, I just need you to do one thing for me today. And that is when you make the decision. To allow me to do it. Let us look to the Lord and we're going to give the invitation. God's going to minister to us right now in the name of Jesus. Father, as you have spoken to our hearts, let none of us, Lord God, that you are knocking on the door of the heart and you just need us to make this decision. Let us not leave this place. Have it not made the decision, Lord God. Give us the courage. Give us the strength, Lord God. Let us, you've given us the courage. You've given us the strength. Let us walk in the courage and the strength that you've given us, Lord God. To stand on our feet and proclaim to you, Lord God, that yes, I will, Lord God. Yes, I will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen and amen. Come on.